Why choose this green church? I came to TGT because I saw a place where I could grow spiritually and I also saw people who were interested in my well-being in general. They weren't actually trying to force this, um, but it kind of made me stay because I could see that it was genuine. Um, TGT makes me feel like this is my home. Like I feel old. I feel like I've always wanted a place where I can showcase myself, where I can be discriminated, where I can express how I feel exactly, and that is what CGV is all about. Everything we do is based on the word of God. You don't manipulate it to our own benefit. Like, you want things good, and that's what we're That's why I love you. There you have it. You have an Oh, thank you, Father. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we have prayed. So we are going to start a study this evening on Revelation, okay? The book of Revelation. So it's a very lengthy book, so this might take um, <laughs> a few weeks or maybe a few months, depending on how we can go about, okay? But it's quite a lot, so <sighs> let's have fun. Glory to Jesus. Right, so we'll jump right into it because it's a long, it's a long one. We're going to jump right into it, okay? So Revelation one. So I will share my screen while we're reading and stuff like that, okay? So we can, you know, be together. So Revelation one. Everybody together, go to your Bible to Revelation one. If you are there, type in your type in the comment section. I'm there. All right. Share with us if you are there. Let's know you are there so we can, you know, know we're together. Oh, glory to Jesus, glory to Jesus, glory to Jesus, glory to Jesus, glory to Jesus. Kara Esono Koto, Ekea Kadash de Souza, thank you, Lord Jesus. Lepre Gadosa, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Revelation 1, because I'll share my screen so that those of us that are dependent on um, what we can see alone will be able to follow. Alright. So, Revelation 1, alright. So I have um, a reader with me here, and, and her name is Bokola. If you know her, I married her. All right. Okay. Two are better than one, right? So I'm going to have Bokola read it read for me today. So we can jump right, okay? You know how it goes. You read, I'll, I'll let you read to stop, you know, so I can just explain what you've read. All right, so let's shoot. Revelation 1. Because she's shy, she's not in the she's not in the screen, but... Mm. Because I'm shy, the screen can contain... Nah, because she's shy. She's for me, she's shy. Okay, so, but you have to read loud enough, okay? Nothing you have to do for me. You have to read loud. Let me call the bus now. You have to read loud. Can you not be like that? Okay, so let's go. Revelation 1. The revelation from Jesus Christ. Is it loud enough? Let me ask. Let me, let's, let me find out. Can we hear, can we hear us? Let's have feedback. Can you, can you hear her read? If you can hear her, let me know. So we can know if, uh, if not, so we can... Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Can you hear, can you hear her read? Is it loud enough? We can say yes, we can. Jesus oh, brilliant. I'm, I'm proud of you. They can hear you. God gave him to show his servants what, what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testified to everything he saw that he is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those. Who hear it and take it to heart? What is written in it? Because time is near. Hallelujah. So it says, uh, okay, number one, 
this revelation is from Jesus Christ, okay? Another one says it's of Jesus Christ, okay? But this is the idea. I want to be a little bit louder, so next time just a little bit louder. Okay. You, you shout like me, man. Okay. Just go again. Let's go again. One, two, one, two, one, two, three. The revelation of That's Jesus normal. Christ. Increase your volume, please. Which God gave him to show his servant All right. what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testifies to everything he saw, that he is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. Hallelujah. Is that better now? Is that better? All right. Glory to God. Okay. We'll manage now. It's going to get better. All right. So this is the idea. You know what you have to do? If you can come like this, it will be louder. All right. All right. So yeah. So number one, this revelation is from Jesus. It's of Jesus, and it is from Jesus. You see that? So it is not something we can we can just um, toil with, or we can just um, subtract from, add to, or take casually. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Okay. That we can take casually, right? It is of Jesus. So we must take this seriously. Revelation from Jesus of Jesus. Okay. That God that God look at this. Of Jesus. That God gave him to show us. That God gave Jesus to show us his servants. Okay. Things that must soon take place. Now, it is not as though the soon that we are talking about then was in a few years or so, but it is the idea that every generation of the church should see, should, 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 should have this attitude towards the, towards the towards things happening in this book. A form of urgency. That even though, you know, the coming of Christ, you know, the rapture, second coming, tribulation, and stuff like that, you know, were not to happen, you know, in the interim as, as we'll see it, okay? Because it didn't happen in 2,000 years, right? But he wants us to see have that attitude towards it. Okay? The attitude of it is coming soon. So, it does not matter how far from you the soon is. You have to live as though it can happen <coughs> any time from now. So, yes, we have to occupy till it comes right. But in, the, in that occupation, we live prepared. We live ready. We are not saying it won't come this year. It will not come next year. That's not your business. Alright? You live ready while occupying, while, while, while doing you know, your job, you know, as though it's not coming yet, it's funny. While doing, while doing your work for him, as though I don't, I don't have to put that in English without, without sounding heretical. As though it's not coming yet, right? But at the same time, have your mind prepared as though it's coming now. That careful balance, okay? Be living ready as though it's coming now, but working as though, you know, yes, just working, working with a vision, working, working for legacy, working to leave things for your children, to leave, to leave them a better world, you know, serving God. You know, but at the same time, also knowing that it's coming imminently, and nobody knows the time. Okay, nobody knows the year. All right, as though it's coming very soon. Okay, so if Christ, you know, gave gave this letter, you know, through Apostle John. Okay, 
And even John says in verse 2 that John testifies, he endorses, he endorses this letter, that this is the word of God, the testimony of Jesus Christ. Okay, John is saying, okay, this letter, I give this letter as in, like, sure, I saw this, I endorse this, okay, it is of Jesus Christ. He says, blessed are those who hear what the who did them aloud, okay, and take it to heart, because the time is near. This is how we are to see the distance in this book, okay, but we are to see his return and all that, you know, the rapture, the second coming, okay, as the time is near. We are to be living ready. The time is near. All right? Are we good there? Good so far? Okay, let's go to um, verse 4. Verse 4. John. Better. To the seven churches in the province of Asia. Grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits before the throne. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness the firstborn of, from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. Awesome, look at that. So, John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia. Now, there are many other churches, right? There are many other churches in Asia, many other churches in that environment, but deliberately, you know, Christ picked, um, picked seven. Now, this seven matter is very important, okay, because all through scripture, in Revelation, we keep seeing sevens. So there's something, you know, about God communicating in sevens. Okay, <clears throat> may probably, probably talk about that another day, right? But just note that down. That sevens, even though we don't, we don't want to, we don't want to um, over mystery. I want to say it in my English, just to take my language. Where I put it, okay? We don't over mystery. Uh, okay, we don't over over emphasize on particular numbers, right? But in scripture, okay, the number seven, number three, number one, another numbers, right? God carefully uses them and we'll find out more about that okay but just know that down somewhere in your in your in your note okay he chose seven churches okay and he wrote to them right he wrote he wrote to all of us right but he wrote you know to them some letters here okay that they should know about okay we'll go on so he says grace and peace to you from him who was him who is and who is to come okay this is you know this is god the father speaking god the father here grace to grace, grace to peace from god the father all right and from the seven spirits. Now he's not saying that that you know there are seven holy spirits. No, and that's what he says from the sevenfold spirits, the same spirits, sevenfold operation. Again, this seven thing. All right, okay. From the sevenfold spirits, okay. Before he's thrown, that's the Holy Spirit. Okay, the Holy Spirit is sevenfold operation. All right, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness. The firstborn from the dead, okay? The firstborn, the prototokos, okay? The firstborn, the first of which the rest are like, okay? Is a sample, the model of which we others are like, okay? You know, you from the dead with a, with, a, with, a, with a new body, okay? That, 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 that is incorruptible. So also shall we rise from the dead with an incorruptible body. So it's the model, as a sample of which we all will be like, all right? And, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. Look at this. He calls himself the ruler of the kings of the earth. Telling us that, okay, the earth, you know, um, is his dominion. The earth is where he wants to exert his lordship. Mm. All right? So he's the ruler of the kings of the earth. Look at that. And we'll see later on that we are the kings of the earth. So 
you know, he, he rules the world through us, his church. Now read Ephesians 22, 23, that, um, you know, that he fills all things in every way by us, his church. So we are his agency on the earth. He wants to rule the earth, to rule the earth's affairs through us, his body. All right? Okay? Let's go on. Says to him who loves us. Yeah. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. Oh, glory to God. Look at that. Says to him who loves us. And now it says to him who loved us. Okay, he loved us. He still loves us and has freed us. Look at this. From our sins by his blood. So if we belong to him, we have been freed from our sins by his blood. We have been freed from the you know, from, 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 from sins which is death, which is separation from God. We are also free from sin's dominion. So the believer has the power to say no to sin. Alright? We have been freed from the dominion of sin. Alright? So we don't we no longer we no longer have to fall to his whims, okay? We can say no to sin. So you have been freed. It's, this is this is so good, okay? I must always, always, always remember this that you, a child of God, you have been freed. Not you will be freed. Glory to God. You have been freed from sins by, by his blood. So you are free from sin. Alright? Verse 6. And has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Look at that. Amen. So he says he has made us to be a kingdom. Now, the kingdom there and king is, is the same um, Greek word, okay? But it makes, more sense, it makes more sense this way. He has made us to be kings and priests. Because he, he didn't say kingdom and priesthood. No. He said kingdom and priests. And what I'm say is kings and priests. So I think that, that makes more sense. We are his kings and his priests to serve God, to get service his God and Father. Look at this. So, you know, in the, in the OT, you know, you are either another a king or a priest. You could, not be a, you could not be both of them, okay? You are either another a king or a priest, right? But in the, in the New Covenant, this, we are kings and we are also priests. We are like our, our other brother, Christ, you know, Jesus, okay? King and priest, Okay, he's our high priest, but he's also the ruler of this, he's also our king. Okay, so we also we are kings and priests. So kings reign, priests intercede. Kings reign, priests intercede. So we as believers, we are called to you know to be kings of the earth, you know, kings on his behalf. So we reign and we intercede. We reign and we intercede. It's why you know. If we only intercede alone, we don't we get only have the job done. Alright? We intercede and we intervene. Yeah, that's more like it. Okay? We intercede and we also get involved. So it's why when we see the world around us, you know, it's important that we don't just stop at praying alone. We pray and we intervene. We pray and we get involved. If we are only praying alone, we don't get the job done. Praying alone is lazy. I know prayer is work, right? Yes. But there's also a physical component to what we do. You know, when we the Thessalonians, they talk about, about, you know, Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians 2, 8 to 10, they about, I think, yeah. That talks about how, you know, at the end, that, that, um, that, the, one that the one that let it will let, this is the idea. The one that, you know, restrains the evil in the world will let it go. That, that's where the church departs, right? Let me explain. The when the laptop happens and the church departs, the one that let it will let. So the Holy Ghost, that's the Holy Ghost and, and God's of, of oppression 
that restrains the evil in the world will let go. So right now, because, because the church is here, and because of our prayers and our intervention, the Holy Ghost, you know, restricts, <coughs> restrains the evil in the world. Even though it cannot fully restrain because the world is also occupied by unsafe people that permit the devil. But, you know, when we exercise our authority in prayer and intervention, you know, to, 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 to limit to it, we do it. The Holy Ghost can restrain, can, can, can restrain evil. So this way it works, right? If we get involved, if we pray, the Holy Ghost restrains evil. It cannot fully stop it, except we also extend our dominion in prayer and in intervention. So if we get more, more people saved, get more involved in secular, secular endeavors with godly influence, you know, the more we do that, the more it's restraining, it's restraining value and power over the earth. Is why also, this is important, that if we are praying and we are not acting, we fool ourselves. For example, if we pray and we join in the worst corruption, the one that lets can only let so far. Alright? So, but when the church departs and when we leave, it will remove restraining value and things will fall apart very well. Alright? So, you know, we are his kings and his priests to serve, his, to serve God, you know, the Father of Lord Jesus Christ, okay? Very important, okay? We are kings. Remember Revelation 5, verse 1? Yeah, about 5.10, I think. 5.10. It says we are kings and we are priests and we reign on the earth. So our, king, our, our kingship, our priesthood is to exert influence on the earth. So what's responsible, all right? Uh, kings of Jesus, as in we as people, we don't give up. We keep going. We keep pushing, okay, because... Evil will bow before good. If good does not run away, all right. Glory to God. So it says to Ingrid, glory and power forever and ever. Verse 7. Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all peoples on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. Now, this verse 7 says, Look, it's coming with the clouds. Now, we'll talk more about this later on, okay? And we'll talk ab- about the rapture, talk about, about the tribulation, and about the second coming. We'll find out that the rapture and second coming are not, are not the same thing. Now, we've made, uh, we've not really been taught, nobody's fault, okay? Because, you know, these are prophetic languages and they are difficult to, they are sometimes difficult to, difficult to, 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 to research and understand. So people, in their bit to avoid error, they just leave it alone and don't teach it at all. Um, I don't blame them, okay? I've, I've learned to be more, more wise, okay? Nobody's at fault here, but um, we should know this, okay? That the second coming and the rapture, they are not the same thing. We'll talk about that as we go on, okay? Even me here, I'm treading carefully because, you know, this, 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 this um, eschatology, this book of Revelation, people have disagreements, people have, so it's not, there's no, it, we have to approach, approach with meekness. No gra gra here. Meekness. Gentleness, because you know, people disagree on many parts of the interpretation. So, plenty of patience, mm-hmm. or I'm plenty of patience, okay. But we'll see actually that the second coming and the rapture are two different things, and in, be- in between them is what we call tribulation. Mm-hmm. We'll see also that the church will not be here for the tribulation. The tribulation will come after we have gone. Mm-hmm. So there will be a period between the second between rapture and second coming of Christ. So 
of course, at rapture, he will come and take us home with him, with his church. And at second coming, we will come down with him. We will see that more as we go on. But again, no patience. If you disagree, ask questions. But there's no, there's no gragra in Bible study. All right? So we we'll have, we'll have to go back and check and see if what we are taught is true. All right? Okay? Verse 8. I am the Alpha and, and the Omega, says the Lord God. Who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Oh, yeah. Look at it. It says, I am the Alpha. I am the Omega, says the Lord God. Who is, who was, and who is to come. See, so that Alpha and Omega is saying it's not only first and last because it's one who is, the one who was, and the one who is to come. So he's saying, I'm the beginning all through to the end. I feel all things. I feel all ages. I am forever. Okay? It's why I told them in Exodus. I am. I am means I was. I am. I forever am. I forever am. So, I am all true. Alright? I am. Now, some other people say, this also means something else. That Let us in that word. You know, that when, when you look at the Aramaic, which Jesus, which Jesus Christ spoke, that Jesus Christ spoke Aramaic, he didn't speak Greek. This was some pussy. There's a level of sound treatment, okay? Now, that Alpha and Omega... Also means that, that, that when you write, when you see the original writing of Alpha in, in the Aramaic, okay, it is um, it's like a cross. So it's like the Alpha is a cross, and then the Omega too in the original in the original Aramaic, okay. Also, when you write, when it's written down, it's like the sign of the ox, okay. Those a lot of symbols are like that in, in the Revelation book of Revelation, okay. The ox, okay. So it means the ox. It means God. It means leader. You know, so he said, I'm the, I'm the cross, the covenant God, and I'm lo- just a lot of funny stuff, okay? But there are deep things with that, you know, that may, 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 may not interest you. It's an interesting book, okay? All right, verse 9. I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus. So someone is asking, so what, 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 what's happening right now in Nigeria? It's not tribulation. What's happening in Nigeria right now? It's not tribulation. Nigeria. Now, when we read these books, when we read the Bible, we will see, we'll see much more. We'll, there's, a lot, there's a lot of study we're going to do. All right? We'll see from Mark 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. We'll see that, um, you know, some of these things, okay, the Bible calls them the beginning of birth pains. Okay? So it is not the full dose tribulation. It's the flashing. Okay? It's the, the taste of it. Is the beginning of bed pains. It is not the full thing. It's the beginning of bed pains, okay? And it's still also, you know, to the extent of the church's, you know, priesthood and kingly ministry, okay? But this is not everything. When the church leaves, we will see still... No, we're not with... They will see something. They will see something, all right? Um, we are in verse... Verse 9? Verse 9, verse nine. yeah, verse 9. Do I start again? Yeah, start again. I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are, that are ours in Jesus, was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. Oh, glory to God. Look at that. So, um, John wrote this, this book on the island of Patmos. Now, we have it here from church, from church tradition, okay, what we're told from church history, that, you know, the, the, the emperor then, yeah, wanted to kill John, 
by throwing him in hot oil. Okay, so it was meant to die, you know, be skinned with the hot oil, right? But he did not. He did not die. So they took him out, sent him on exile. They just sent him on exile, fine, because he did not die. Okay, so he wrote this while on exile. He was on the exile for his testimony of Jesus. When we read church history, and we see things that happen, we ought to have a holy reverence for what we have received. That this revelation, this, 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 this um, Jesus we talk about, you know, this knowledge cost our Father something. That is not just, you know, about our comfort alone. That is cost the life, the life, the comfort of our fathers. Some were beaten, some were stoned and left for dead. Some were sawn in two. Son, you know, we saw in two. Emperor Nero, Emperor Nero used some of our fathers as torchlight for his, for, his, for his garden. He used them as torchlight for his garden. And several other things. And even right now, we have our brethren in some part of, the country, part of this country. In Russia, in North Korea, in China, people are still being killed for being Christians. Alright, so we should, we should treasure the freedom we have you know, in this part of the world and pray for our, for our brethren in captivity, suffering for the, for the gospel. Alright? But Paul, John wrote this, another of Patmos, you know, when he was in exile. Verse 10. On the Lord's day, I was in the spirit, and I heard behind me a loud voice, like a trumpet, which said, Write on a scroll what you see, and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Hallelujah. So it was, was in the spirit. Now, was in the spirit means it was, you know, it was more aware. It was lost in the spirit, okay? It was more aware of the spirit than the physical, okay? It was fully, fully there as it was in the spirit, okay? On the last day. Now, from, from church tradition also, the last day, you know, in this particular context, is usually, is usually called, you know, maybe it's usually a Sunday. So, it looks like on a Sunday, he had this revelation. Okay, but it could also mean him just saying, lost day, to say, on a very special day, you know, I was in the spirit, okay? But it's most likely a Sunday. I was in the spirit, you know, and Christ told him to write this, okay, and send, you know, to the seven churches. He says, write on a scroll what you see and send. So there's a part, even, even as a then, you see how important this was to write down the things we hear from God. Write down what you see, okay? Write down what you see, because those after you might need it. Write down what you see, what you hear. Write down what God tells you, all right? So write them down and send them to the seven churches. The plan of God is that from the seven churches, it will spread to all over the earth and even our day, okay? To Ephesus, to Simnia, Pagana, Titus, you know, all right, 12. I turned around to see the voice that was, that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and among the lampstands was someone like like the, like a son of man, dressed in a robe reaching down to his feet, and with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in the furnace and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters in his right hand he held seven stars and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword his face 
was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. Hallelujah. Can hold on. Thank you. Okay. So we see um, the way it was dressed. When you see, I think it was Isaiah or Daniel also, that described how they saw him like this also exactly. You know, dressed in a rubbish down to his feet, to the goodness around his chest and all that. The hair on his head, like wood, white as snow, that's like blazing fire. We won't see, you know, the double-edged sword thing that was also in Hebrews. See the, the consistency of, 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 of Christ's revelation. Alright? said also that he was, he turned around and saw seven, again, this seven stuff, seven golden lampstands. Okay? You know, in the middle of it was Jesus. Okay? Standing, walking around the seven gold lampstand. Okay? In his right hand, Okay, he held seven stars. So not, not the seven golden lampstand and the seven stars. Alright? The seventeen. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and age. Hallelujah. Since when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. It's amazing how many, how many people in scripture, you know, passed out when they saw his majesty. Is it the glory? Is it the splendor? <coughs> Is it the sheer power of his being? Okay? That when we see Jesus, you know, in the flesh as we are right now, you know, you know before, before we become free like him, how will our bodies react to him? Is that also is it possible that that's why when we are under the influence that some people just pass out that our bodies can can only to, only to an extent withstand this body only to an extent withstand the power of his being is that it okay we fell down as though dead and Christ told him and said don't be afraid I'm the first I am the last again the living one I was dead and now look glory to God I'm alive. And I live forever, and I hold the keys of death and AIDS. So it's a life forever. The only God that came to earth, that lived, that died, that rose and lives forever. No one else has made this claim. No one else can make this claim. If they do, we'll find their body out. No one else can make this claim. But it lives forever. Hallelujah. So our own God is alive. And right now, because you know he's alive in the in 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 in, in the glorified body, there is still a man's body, there is a man in heaven. Right? Because in the book of Timothy, that there, there's, there's some so there's you know clinical clinical about for us in heaven, you know, there's a um intercessor for us in heaven, the man Jesus Christ. He calls him the man. So our God, you know, is man in heaven. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay, is man, so there's a man in heaven, Jesus Christ. Is there the way we also will be there, okay, in our glorified bodies? We will live forever. Hallelujah. Verse 19. Write therefore what you have seen, what is now, and what will take place later. The mystery of the seven stars. Please pause there. So it's right therefore what you have seen. Very important. What you have seen, what is now, I want to take this. So this, this book contains, you know, what you have seen. Revelation 1. What is now? Okay, talking about the dispensation, you know, the church age. Yes, some, some call that also what is now, 
talking about the church age. That one, one letter, letter to the church, Revelation 2 and 3, that was sitting that concerned not only not, not, not the seven churches of Asia, but general church age, what will concern us until the end of time. Alright? And what will then take place afterwards. So, some Christians are saying what John's Revelation 1, what God told him about the churches in, in 2 and 3, that, 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 would, that, would, um, that we all we need to know because that affects our own, our own day and age also, that affects the entire church age, alright, and things that will happen afterwards, okay, so I'm saying this after we have left the earth, okay, so that, 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 happen, that this, this book contains, you know, things that, that happened before in, in, in the Revelation 1, things that will happen in the church age, 2 and 3, and from 4 upwards, things that will happen afterwards, alright, very important, okay, 20. The mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands is this. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Look at that. So the seven stars are the seven are the seven the angels of seven churches, okay? The angels here, you know, that is it's not angels. It's not angels, okay? It's um it's pastor, overseer, okay, of the seven churches. Okay, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. It's not instructive that God told John to write this letter and send to the angel of the church to read to them. That he didn't, he didn't just say, write it and just broadcast it to everybody. Or rather, the respect for authority, for hierarchy, write it and give the angel of the church. Very vital. That we don't just run about with some things. Must know how to, how to, you know, to divulge information to the right quarters. For example, let's say for example, God tells you something about TGC that, for example, he did not tell me. That before you run and broadcast, you say, Pastor, I think what he's saying so and so and so. Wisdom, very important. I saw something in the place today. But one person, one person that, that said it was sent, it was sent to the to to the geo, <coughs> and it was in it, it was it was in quotes, you know, delivering a press that was scolding the geo <laughs> on IG. If you read this Bible a bit, it will understand that that's not how it works. All right, that if, if at all is even a, a true prophecy, <coughs> there's a way to divide. And if you, if pastor, if you ask me, I will say. I don't, I don't want to jump, but I will say that I will say that God did not send him. Why would I say that? God wrote to Apostle John to give the angels of the churches. Apostle John, not Mr. Lagbaja, Apostle John. Because hierarchy matters. Authority matters. God, God gave an authority figure to send to the churches. Not just anybody. Authority figure. So, I don't see how it works that God will skip the hierarchy and go to someone that, 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 that doesn't even know to come and tell him God said. It, it doesn't work that way. You have to understand how God works. Hierarchy matters. Order matters. Spiritual home training matters. Honor matters. That is you will see and you will shut up because it's not for you to divulge or go and look for the right quarters to give it to. Honor matters. Authority matters. We have time for... Let's let, 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 let,
that's so let's see if we can have a good Revelation two. Yeah. So the angel of the church in Ephesus writes These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, <coughs> your hard work and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this in your favor. You ate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which, which I also ate. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Look at this. I start from verse 7. And whoever hears as he is, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So he's saying that this I'm saying here, I want all the churches to take note of it, not only the Christian church. And this is important for all the church to take to take note of. So he says, you know, you know, I know your deeds. I know your hard work. I know your perseverance. I know you cannot tolerate wicked people. I know I know you you know you you've um you've tested that those those people that are and are not, you know, you don't, you don't you can't take you can't take false teaching. You can't take false doctrine. Okay? You are strong on those things, right? You persevered on that hardship for his name's sake. I have not grown weary. Glory to God. I have not grown weary. Let me check my connection, okay? To be sure we are fine. Hold on a bit. Alright. Just give me a minute to check my connection. Internet seems to be funny. Let me just check to see if we are fine. Okay, we are good. Awesome. Alright. Look at that. But he says, even though you know you have these good deeds, you have good deeds, you work hard. It's very it's so important. You work hard, you persevere. Okay, you don't like false drugs, you don't tolerate wicked people. Okay? But he says, I have this against you. You are forsaking the love you had at first. But they were still hard working. They were still persevering. Still fighting false doctrine. But their love was going cold. But they still, they still had works. It's not, impo- it's, it's, not, it's, it's not funny that we can be working for God and be growing cold in his love. That we can be growing cold in our love for him and our love for people even though we are working hard. So, it's why in the last few weeks we've been emphasizing our need for love. That this work for God must flow from intimacy, otherwise it becomes performative. It becomes mechanical. And if you look somewhere in our day, it's as though the more, the, the more people fight false doctrine, the more love, their loving approach goes cold. It's as though people struggle for the balance of love and doctrine. 
It should not be. If we, as I always say, we must come from the place of intimacy, it's a deliberate effort to put a twenty first before work. That yes, we are a servant. Yes, we are his employees, we are his workforce, we are his soldiers. But we are first his sons. It is first a family love affair before it is a work. That if we put the work first before intimacy, our love will grow cold. We will still be doing the work, but the love factor of it will be diminishing. And it will show in our communication. Many of us, our zeal, okay, our zeal is not from love. It's from passion that that's, that's not from godly passion. It's from it's from it's not from it's not from, godly, it's from, it's from temperament. Like your zeal is just because you're choleric. So it's, it's not even it's not even godly zeal, it's just your cholericness that is showing. We have to deliberately find push our let, let your zeal come from love. Very important. So it means knowing when to shut up. In fact, it means, you know, that you actually just temper it down sometimes, just intimacy with God. God loves me. I love him. People can easily fall into this work trap and begin to lose the love they had for God at the beginning. And it will show in their love for people. If you love God, you love people. So if your love works cold, it means your love for God is going cold and will show in your love for people. Uh, you, you do those things because you do them. You have to do them. Not because you love people. You do them because you have to do them. Not because you love people. God wants us to do things from our love for him and our love for people. Without love, you are a clanging symbol. Is it not funny that, that John wrote this to the Ephesian church? It's in Ephesians that, that um, Paul said in Ephesians 1, I know your faith and the love you have for all the saints. How come this same church has begun to wax cold in love? That's why the Bible says, telling them here, repent. Consider how far you have fallen. This is not how you were before. Repent and do the things you did at first. But we're still doing things. But these things will come with mechanical things, not things from love. So important. So he says, if you don't repent, I will come to you and remove your love stand from this place. That is very important. That a church without love will over time, you know, lose its relevance. That what sustains a ministry, a church, is not its doctrine. It's your love for God that shows in love for people. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And if you don't come from love, you will lose relevance. It's not, it's not, it's, it's, sorry. <clears throat> it's, not, it's not, it's not funny how the world right now, they know our rules, but they don't know our love. They know the sins, but they don't know our love. Would we get more change happen? If they know our love first, then they know our rules. And if our love, you know, precedes the rules, maybe we'll get more change happen. In a bit correct wrong, I see many men of God come as though 
you are fighting people. Okay? We are not fighting people. Very important. We are reconciling them to God. I cannot come all God's blazing and claim to be reconciling you to God. Reconciliation as a mood, yeah. as a tone of voice, as an approach. If I, so we have to be careful that this our, our doctrinal um, value, passion, is not just another work of the flesh. Love must proceed it. Okay? He says, he says, have this in your favor. You hate practice of the Colossians, which I also eat. So you're actually very strong on eating sin. It's not important. It's not, it's not, it's not interesting. You're strong on eating sin, but low on loving people. Chaotic. Alright? But yes, they were right in eating sin, right? What we eat sin whilst loving people. It all boils down to intimacy with God that fuels our, our, our awareness of his love and then fuels our love for people. It was yes. Let him hear. So in our day also, the Christian church was a well-taught church. Remember Acts, Acts, Acts 19? Acts 13. It's not 13, 19. 19, 19. Where Paul taught them for two and a half years. So do we sound church in doctrine? Is it, is, is it, is it, is it possible that we, we that are well-taught need also to deliberately focus on love so that we don't become mechanical in our approach. If you look around you, this particular trap is where many, where many believers in our day fall into. So only those that are loud on doctrine. We don't have to be one thing and leave another part of it to die. We can walk in love and walk in sound doctrine. Very important. So it says, when we be victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life. In the paradise of God. So, so tonight, I want us to reflect on our personal love life. I must speak the truth, but speak it in love. I am out to build up. Not, 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 not just put that right and wrong. I am out to build up, to encourage. Hallelujah. So just me to pray one word. You know, go over what you've heard. Okay. Just praying, just praying, but just pray. Go cover what you have heard. Um, I stay faithful to the end. I occupy till it comes. But I also live ready, knowing it can come anytime. I occupy, but I live ready. I occupy, but I live ready. In the name of Jesus. I occupy, eh? I live ready. I live ready. I live ready. I live ready. I live in the truth and the love of Jesus. I don't replace truth with love. I, 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 I don't replace love with truth. The two can go together. God's love is truthful and yet patient. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I walk in these things. I have understanding. I am loving. I'm, I'm not mental. I'm patient. I'm not selfish. This whole thing is just not about, about me, not about my comfort, about the entire body. So I'm faithful. I am patient and I'm loving. Father, we thank you because we have wisdom. I'm growing in these things. We are wise not to go and check, you know, to grow in knowledge. 
to see what we are taught is true. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hey, hope you were blessed by the sermon. Feel free to visit our website www.thisgreenchurch.org for more info. God bless you.